0: Hello, uh it's Ibookman's uh, podcast and today it's uh, it's a very unusual setting for us because we are guests uh, at, at Schmidt in, in Hamburg and we are we are hosted uh, by hans Hinark Schmidt and uh, Konstantin Schmidt and uh, we'll talk about the company about uh, the history I guess about about uh, their products and uh it's very interesting because when uh, uh, when when I, when I was uh, preparing to come here, I've been talking to some of my colleagues, and uh, uh, they were like, "What well, what are your plans? Because it's been our vacation now, and um, I was we are visiting and Hamburg." And they were like, oh yeah, Schmet. That's nice. Good <laughs> for you. So everybody knows Schmet. So it's great uh, that you invited us, and uh, we, we have a chance to record this podcast. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Uh, and,
1: thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah. And uh, good to hear that we are
0: uh, well known in the industry. Yeah. 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 That's true. And uh, on the other side of the screen via Zoom, Hi Nice to have you here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so let's let's begin uh, if you if you would dive a bit in the history of your company because I guess that's that's where it all begins but that's that's where it all starts how did so start? so I'm the guy for the history yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. perfect you know you know good, good uh, that we have you here today yes okay it's uh, the
2: last 44 years of my life I yeah. spent in this company and yeah. and it's not only this it's it's a company that's really a family business yeah uh, we yeah the, the Grandfather of my father bought the company, and it was existing at that time already. It was around nineteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a history for a company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it went through through good times and through bad times. Uh, my grandmother took it over. Uh, end of
0: the twenties. So a
2: hundred years, yeah. 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 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred years ago. Yeah. And she she had, yeah, really fierce times. And, and we are talking about the war again. And, and there was uh, one of, yeah, I think the biggest war, 1939 mm-hmm. to 45. And the business was bombed out completely. And she restarted the business just, uh, yeah, getting a typewriter from, from the Deutsche Bank, mm-hmm. so the bank house we still have.
0: Um, you still have this typewriter?
2: No, no. I'm, I'm very sorry about this. That we don't have that anymore. <laughs> that because, was a nice, yeah, because that was something we could display much better than, yeah. than our machines. Yeah. You know, that's that's it. But uh, you must see how how much uh, power there was in this woman, my grandmother, because her husband was in the war. Mm-hmm. It was 1943. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had to restart the business from zero, from really zero. So there was nothing left Uh, and she did. And then my father joined the company uh, in the 50s, and uh, it was challenging times, it was difficult. Uh, But anyway, we had a lot of competition those years.
0: Mm -hmm. And well, I guess bookmaking business was, much uh, bigger. Much bigger. Much than. <laughs> bigger, yeah. <laughs> because we had so many commercial binders. It, just
2: to compare the figures in Germany, commercial binders uh, the union of commercial binders had, I think, more than 1,200 uh, um, companies, Mem- companies, members. Companies. And uh, today it's 100. Okay. So that is within Seventies, it is it is a chance. It oh, commercial bind. Yeah, yeah. So the business has has completely changed over these years, and one of the game changers, I think, in bookbinding was my father, because mm-hmm. he was he was a salesman for bookbinding material and and he met all the customers because he traveled around Germany, and the customers came on and said, okay, but we we and this was the first thing he did. We need a small hot stamping machine. Mm-hmm. We need something apart from the big embossing machines that were difficult to set up and, and you could not do one-offs on the big machines. Mm-hmm. But the demand was in the 60s, 70s was a one-off book titles on library binding. You know, library binding was the big business for bookbinders binders yep. those days. Yep. Uh, and so there was the demand of getting with having a frame with type for one title. So one hour setting a uh, one or two seconds stamping mm-hmm. and then setting the new title. So his development was uh, what he then called, not knowing the English meaning of the word, his machine was called pregnant. Yeah. So, uh, because in Germany, uh, the, the word pregnant means very specific, very unique. That is the word pregnant in German. Yeah. And, uh, and so, pregnant in English is, always is puts yeah. a
0: smile to the faces of, yeah. of, of people. So, that's good. I, you I, know? I was always curious by why the machine is called this way. Well, <laughs> now, now I know.
2: <laughs> and, and we sold maybe about six, seven, eight thousand of these little machines and still sell them. So, so there's still a demand. It, there's a smaller system now for small for, binders. Uh, but what it did, it started the Schmidt business, machine building. We As, had it, as no... it is tomorrow, or as it is today and, and, and tomorrow. Yes. I guess. And, <laughs> yeah. and today, it's, it's 50% of Schmidt yeah. is machine building.
0: Yeah.
2: And those days, it was just a little workshop in, in the uh, yeah, home of my father. Uh, finally it was not the home it was the i think it was the stable of the of the uh, hands and mm-hmm. and uh, animals is uh, so they were moved out to another place and and that was <laughs> his workshop and and he started this little
0: machine there and then developed do, do, you, do you remember how, how it was all was happening when oh, how it was do, do you yeah. do you personally remember uh, yes how, how was yes it
2: happening? Uh, because we lived there yeah uh, and when my father came home at fridays yeah. because he was traveling the week he had no time to design machines but in the weekend it was his hobby time and his hobby time was filled with designing little things so always yes. he he made made uh, uh, yeah furniture for home before he he started to design machines uh, but then the, this this pregnant machine came and it, it was a it was a real success. We sold in the, in the first year just a few because it was yeah, people need to know it, yeah, but in the second year, we sold five hundred of this little machine okay so this what wa- this was what you would call it startup today so uh, but <laughs> yeah. but that was just the beginning of of something new and and it was a perfect machine because we built it till today with with very slight changes and yeah. So, so that was the start of the Schmidt machine factory, which is there today. The wholesaling business, which is the base of all, all the business, is still there. Mm-hmm. And one thing did really never change. It it was the focus to the to the small bookbinder, to the craft bookbinder. Mm-hmm. So, so. It, Many of these commercial bookbinders we had those years were just very small shops. There were two employees, five employees, maximum 10 employees. That was the typical bookbinder over the years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, so our focus stayed there. We, we increased our this yeah, the, the sales program by yeah, at least 50%. Today we have more than 10,000 items. For bookbinding, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that any bookbinding that he people... could use 10,000 yeah. items. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: This is, <laughs> this is, this is, uh, normally you
2: have just m- maybe 10 or 15 and, that, yeah. uh, and you use these very often. But bookbinding is such a wide field, wide field. So we have, yeah, we have bookbinding as a hobby today, mm-hmm. which was yeah, not existing yeah. 25 years yeah. ago. Not at all. Uh, We have high-class bookbinders doing very, very small numbers of books, but very high-classified books. Then we have still a few commercial binders.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I think Germany is one of the few countries where still there are trade binders existing. Yes, with with many bookbinders working Mm -hmm. or or not yeah, at it, least one bubire, but it's changed you know? because it changed a lot. Uh, in, in most of the countries uh, it's it's almost non-existent now and we, we talked a lot to people from, from the united kingdom uh, and uh, they all uh, are a bit sad that uh, this is in the past well they're happy that some traditions uh, changed because uh, we, we, we talked to uh, a lot of uh, uh, female bookbinders and uh, bookbinderings bookbinders yeah, book <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, they were like oh yeah i started in 1980s and it was really hard to 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 get through this uh, uh, you know man's, male man's man's business men's business yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it and so this this definitely changed but uh, then uh, some people are still sad that trade bind- binders are almost no more yeah. i mean you can
1: see that in germany as well uh it's the the market is starting to change or has been changing over yeah. the last 15 years i would say yeah. um it's really hard for traditional uh, book binders who are mainly in a like non-digital world to uh take that step and uh, and get into the more digital which more younger people uh, are expecting today and customers yeah. are expecting today yeah. um so for us we see quite um we see some people that really do it really well and that have um are innovative and and grow their business and then we have um a lot of people in the market i think that are waiting um or just doing the same thing and probably will retire and then their book binary will be gone and so yeah Yeah. that's how i think the market is changing a little bit and um yeah on the one hand that's sad but on the other hand you always You have to adapt and um, you have to change and uh, otherwise it will be hard in the future.
3: Uh, So what I wanted to ask you is about the international side of your business because even 30 years ago, uh, uh, Europe was much less united, let alone Germany. Uh, What was uh, was it like then? Were you mostly trading uh, West Germany? Were you trading all over Europe? How has it changed?
2: So again, it's history, but this this part of the history is is ending today, you know or not ending today, but it's it came up today. Um, when I joined the company in 1978, um, it was real yeah, the company working with German customers. Uh, everything was in Germany. Uh, so my first approach was, how can we widen the customer base beside Germany? Uh, We have not been that strong in the market those days. Uh, As I told you, we had a lot of competition alone in Germany alone, approximately 10 competitors for bookbinding materials. Uh, But we've been the only one having materials and machines. Mm -hmm. That was uh, our USP. So, I said, okay, we need to, yeah, we need to be known to people outside Germany. And the first thing we need to need to do in those days it was much more complicated. We needed to bring everything into English. And uh, the in this way was uh, the Dupa, Dupa, the biggest fair for for the graphics business in Düsseldorf in 1982. That was my first big exhibition. So I was on group by 1977 but I was just coming from school so no experience at all. In 1982, it was my first big exhibition. I planned together with my father and, and my preparation was to have all the leaflets you know we we were working with paper, prints, and no screens. I had to bring all of these into more than just one language, and it was not easy by just calling up a translator on on a screen. There was no screen, so I went to translators for French. Uh, I did the English myself, and and
3: another
2: um, one is Spanish. Mm-hmm. So, so this way, we increased sales on Dupa. 82 so much that we sold machines for one year production on one exhibition. Okay.
3: That's we nice. Really <laughs> sales.
2: And we got known to companies and, and bookbinders around Germany. So Netherlands and Belgium and Denmark, uh, Great Britain, because we had very tight relate- relationship mm-hmm. to Great Britain before that already. Uh, and so it started so so we started to sell machines abroad and when you sell a machine customers very often ask what's the best material to be used on that machine
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and so we started the material business also abroad and and that's what happened over the years and we found being quite strong in germany over the years so so maybe 15 years ago, the market really cleared up. It left about three to four suppliers for Mm -hmm. bookbinding material. In the market today, it's only two major ones. Mm -hmm. We are one and another company in Southern Germany. Um, But those days, we, we saw that we covered Germany quite well, but we needed to really get into the international business with material much more. Machines was great. So, so 50% of our machine production goes to international customers. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was no problem because there was no substitute for these machines. But material, we needed to learn. And the internet had a lot. Mm-hmm. We started with the first internet shop in 1997 already that's pretty advanced so <laughs> uh, and and it was always the aim we never had a handmade shop mm-hmm. because i'm uh, i've always made the software for our company myself mm-hmm. and so it was my thought to have all the products that we sell in the shop because it was just a different kind of a computer So Mm -hmm. uh, uh, our approach was with the first shop, we made the design ourselves. So we did not use the platform those days. We had our own shop. Uh, But it was always a demand to get a tight link between all the products we have uh, and we could offer Mm in-house. We wanted to offer the same online Mm -hmm. to the world. And as we have this this long experience this way, we have the fifth generation of webshop now. So, you know, this is over the years, you need to modernize the whole thing again. And we just started and Constantine is very, very active in that. That's, that's what I wanted
0: to ask because you, you told us how, how you, you joined the company and uh, introduced some new things. And now Constantine is the next generation. And I guess there should be, there would be, or there could be some changes there and, or some updates or, or something. Definitely, so, definitely. Yeah. I mean
1: yeah we, uh, that was one of my first big projects, so I, I joined the company like two years ago, and um, I uh, was always uh, in my private life also because you are connected to the business right and you you look at the websites and I was always not 100% satisfied with how we represented ourselves, and um, so that was one of my uh, personal goals to, to kind of. Um, also uh, get us out there with like a refreshed design and uh, a newer content yes,
3: because we always
1: um, separated the shop side of the business and the machine side of the business so we had two separate web pages and um, it was sometimes I think not clear for all our customers we we offer both yeah but you know, the machine where they customers, meet together yeah yeah the, the machine customers were like okay Schmidt uh, good machines they work well international uh But they didn't really know that they could also get the material. Or maybe they were just, they didn't even think about it. And now um, we combined the two. And um, I mean, it's not immediately uh, like we cannot see, okay, we sell more machines, uh, unfortunately. But um, I think it's just more coherent and we have a a much better um, representation to the customer. And yeah, that was one of the big projects um, I started and we launched in February. But I mean, as you know, it's it's ongoing, right? You always have yeah. some new ideas. And you. Uh, the good thing is that uh, I do the, the front-end development, most of it. Uh, we have one back-end uh, freelancer who helps us. But so we are really uh, flexible and we can adjust uh, quickly if we want to test something and we can see how it looks and how it feels for the customer. So uh, that's that's, I think, an advantage, even though it takes time, right? It's like... Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah. you, I also have other jobs in the company and uh, web shop uh, development not what I learned uh, in school so yeah but it's uh, I think it's it's a little bit of a competitive advantage because I don't always have to go to somebody uh, hey can you do this and then I look at it and then uh, again we test it out but I can immediately see it and change it if I if I have to.
0: I guess this happens in, in in smaller companies that you have to double head or triple head side and do, do a lot
1: of stuff.
2: but
0: but the the big advantage is
2: that you are in your business. Yeah. you know what's going on. If you have a developer responsible for the the outlook and the right combination of products on pages, it will not be that successful because he doesn't know what belongs together. He always needs input to it to, yeah to that part that he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. He might be much better in designing the page and, and getting some nice things to it, but for the customer, the use is important. He needs to find the product he, he looks for quickly and, ju- and just see, oh yes, I have that. Yeah, and for us, it's very important that he sees other things yeah. that he could use also if he uses this, yeah. Tool or material. One yeah, uh, yeah, material yeah, of yeah. 10,000, yeah, you know, we yeah. have other things to offer. Uh, and and that is a big advantage. And just coming back to, to the guy who helps us, the freelancer. And this, again, we see how good Europe is. He is from Poland. So, and it's very easy, you know, as it is today. You, yeah. know, you just uh, uh, chat with him and say, okay, there's a little problem there and there. And he just looks into it and, and corrects this. And it's a great working together, you know, and this, this is just great and I I like the idea, I always like the idea of being international. Uh, And I like the idea of uh, Europe growing together and and really having you here from being from one country we are from Germany, I don't know where you are from but, but.
3: Moscow. Moscow, yes,
2: yes, I I can see this because you have some some uh, Cyrillic writing at the wall (laughs) yeah. So, so but, but you think this is the great thing about europe today and bringing everything together and on the other hand it opens for a company like us with with having 40 plus employees so mm-hmm. not a big company huge market for little things so for very specific things things that you can't buy at every corner but but a we would never have the chance to approach all these customers with our products without the web and without the acceptance of people in France, in Belgium, in Netherlands, everywhere to buy in Germany. You know, there was a kind of a wall, not a wall in the, in the meaning we had earlier, but it was, some, it was difficult to say, oh, yes, I buy in Hamburg mm-hmm. if you are in Paris. Yeah. It was difficult. But this breaks up, we, we, France, for example, is the best developing international market we have over the last Good. Good three to, to four years, yeah, yeah you know, and, and this is, for us, it's very important that we, we make it easy to, to pay for people to just to get the experience that it's sometimes cheaper to get it from Hamburg than yeah. from Lyon, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and on the other hand, to have it within two days yeah and and this is europe this is because we have no frontiers we yeah. have no customs more difficult with england right now and and this is definitely a problem to yeah. us because we have many customers in, in england yeah it, even,
0: even i i have felt uh, some Issues uh, after Brexit because uh, uh, deliveries are longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pay uh, custom fees now, mm-hmm. and uh, there are there were some. Well, I'm I'm selling through Etsy. In mm-hmm. the beginning, there were some bureaucratic uh, issues because they were thinking how to collect taxes on Etsy side or not on Etsy side, and the customs didn't know that Etsy started collecting taxes or something. So some packages were uh took uh, taken by custom delayed so it was insane, but yeah,
2: yeah, and then, and then these are the difficulties. Uh, but overall, we have twenty seven countries left. and uh, and these countries work together. Yeah. and uh, and for us as at Schmet and with it, and I must say this is one of the advantages we have. We have a very, very small market. So we have customers all over europe who like to buy maybe one meter cloth for buying. Mm-hmm. but because it's not huge quantities we have very little companies very few companies in europe that do it yep. and sell one yep. meter of cloth and and the the web just helps us to get in contact customers find us we would never find the customers, you know. No way, no way to, to find a hobby book binder in, in Rome. Yeah. To buy at Schmidt. No way. But for the hobby book binder in Rome who doesn't get the right materials there, the internet is just a click away and uh, yeah, and hopefully he finds our page, even though it's not an Italian yeah,
1: yet. Yeah. I think uh, Italy is also a difficult market. Yeah, it's uh, it is. especially yeah. for bookbinding for us so not a focus market but um yeah france france is developing well austria and switzerland everything around germany germany not so much i mean it's, i think everybody is a little bit scared with the economy and everything so yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's for us at least a little bit of a challenge but um i think for us the focus is also a little bit more um, on growing uh, outside of Germany and that's going well and then growing everywhere basically in different segments and uh, this is also um, one one thing we are trying to focus on to uh, be even better in smaller quantities because we are already I think we you can buy one meter of growth but like with one meter of cloth, you can do quite some books right like depending yeah. on the size of the book yeah, but like you can do four or five books and maybe you only want to do one so that's i think the uh, our next focus and it has been on my mind for a really long time to be more um even more on the on the hobby side of the business to also get people involved that um are not already kind of like these these uh, diy uh, people that know how to do things but um Maybe we can get somebody to to bind a book at home uh, with our materials that hasn't done it ever before, just watching a video or a guide online. And um, I think that's that's uh, at least some opportunity for us that we are uh, that we want to pursue. And um, yeah, it's it's a little bit technical, like we uh, we want to make it with a computer conf- online. That's not all working yet, but um, so once we have that set up, I think that could be a, a a quite an interesting approach for um i don't know somebody who doesn't really is not really involved in bookbinding too much yet good and for us hopefully uh, a market that that keeps the company alive
3: yeah especially during covid uh, it was a safe line because even a large client weren't able to come and see your machines so yeah uh, so the website uh, of your business must have been very important during those yeah. years
1: yeah we definitely i mean um for us i think um in terms of the numbers it didn't really uh, change too much um but we definitely see a trend towards web orders versus like people calling and emailing um and uh in corona it was crazy we were found for things and people bought uh, products to use for different stuff that we had never in mind so not for book binding at all but we sold a lot of these. Um, how do you call them in English? Gummi Litze for the masks, yeah. so oh, that you could oh, put the rubber, rubber bands. The yeah. rubber bands, yeah. 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 So, uh, so that we have that for like notebooks, and uh, people started to make their own masks, right? Because before everybody had to wear FFP2, and so uh, that was like a big boost because we suddenly sold thousands of meters of uh, of rubber bands which I, is... I think it was a 10 years turnover within
2: two months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: so that's that's interesting and of course you only uh, if you if you're online you you get found and yeah machines in 2020 was was difficult we for sure definitely felt it quite a bit we also um, there's like a program in germany where you can where you can ramp down your um your uh employee time and on wages, and the, the government pays part of, of the wage to keep the job secured. Uh, it's called Kurzarbeit, and uh, that's a program that's it's for Corona. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it, it has existed before, but it was intensified in Corona, mm-hmm. and it was much easier to apply. Mm-hmm. And um, some people, I think, some companies are still are still doing it. Uh, but we also used that for, I think, three months um, or so. Two two and a half months. Two and a half months. So people were only working 50%. And that definitely helped us um, to uh, have kind of this like, initial uh, breakdown in sales because we didn't sell any machines then because nobody invested. Nobody knew what was going on with um, their own companies. So they mm-hmm. would not, not invest in new machines to, um, to basically start hardcover or, or professionalize their hardcover setup. So um, in that time, uh, that helped us, that program. And uh, we, we 2020, let's put it like that. And then uh, 2021 was a really good year in terms of machines. Um, and you, you see the video set up here a little bit, uh, parts of it. And uh, we, we invested.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll have a chance to walk around a bit, yeah, a yeah, bit we later.
1: Can, we can do it, yeah. for sure, for sure. Uh, I have to see if I can get it to work, uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we'll try. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we now basically since the end of 2020, we started presenting our machines via Zoom. So we are very used to uh, doing uh, video meetings yeah. and um, that really helped us sell uh, to international clients, especially who yeah. usually they had to come fly in, uh, spend a night in Hamburg. We had to, of course, I mean, it's also fun, but we, we had to go to dinner and it's like a lot of time investment. And in the end, Usually they purchased the machine because they were happy, but normally they also knew beforehand, okay, if the machine works as I expect, then I know otherwise you wouldn't do the big trip. Um, and now it's the same, but you just connect, uh, with the zoom, it yeah. takes one hour yeah. of time or two hours, depending on the setup that we look at and the people get the same level of confidence because, uh, I mean, we also are known for quality machines. So that's, I think it helps. But um, like if you see it and if you see your own products being uh, produced, which we also do, so they can send samples of their material and we live stream a book being made um, and they see, okay, it works with my material. And that really gives a lot of confidence. So uh, that has helped us uh, throughout 2021. And uh, we had our best year in machine sales for quite a long time, I think. Yeah, um, right. Definitely. So um, that was uh, interesting going from like very ramped down to, OK, demand is exploding. I think a lot of industries uh, felt that and some are still struggling with all the issues. We got lucky because we had, I think there was uh, one sensor that we couldn't get, but we had bought 80 because our supplier was like, OK, no, you have to take the eighty. Uh, during 2020, and we were like, <laughs> we don't need them, but okay, whatever. We have to, we have to make uh, our contract, and then we had them when nobody else could get them, or we couldn't get them. So yeah. that was a really fortunate circumstance, because like in the machine, if you have one part that is missing,
0: yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. really
1: difficult to realize, and maybe you have to look for a different part. But sensors and all of that stuff um, were quite difficult to get in the past two years.
0: I guess with Zoom, it o- its also uh... Before there were definitely some companies who tried to present their machinery or stuff uh, via, via video video calls or something like that, but most of the customers weren't ready for that. And now everybody had at least one Zoom call last year, and they know how it works. So so it's yeah. it's easier for them as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, that helped. I mean. Uh... I think uh, it's very accepted now and yeah. even people that are not really digital they are like okay let's try it out yeah. and before i uh, i'm on your side i think people would just be like nope yeah. we don't do it
0: when when we started our podcast two years two two and a half years ago in the beginning people were quite cautious like uh, i'm not sure i i i, I I'm, I'm ready to record the video over internet and and uh, and so on and uh, so we had to do some preparations or uh, or I don't know what and uh, later it was yeah video podcast okay sure well I'll join you that's not a problem and uh, then now now we started doing live streams and uh, uh, in the beginning we were also cautious and and people were cautious because it's it's a bit different you can say something online and uh, it's already there and, (laughs) and it stays forever but after, after a few tries, a few people were like, yeah, okay, sure. It's not different <laughs> from, from offline record. Almost not different. So yeah, it's interesting how everything changes, how it changes, how perception changes. Yeah. And, and not only
2: uh, the perception, yeah. but expectation. You know, people expect that you are able to do it. Yeah. So they, if you would say, okay, now uh, you have to come. you lose the business immediately this is this has changed that's interesting that's two and a half years ago that was the normal thing yeah we said okay you cannot get the experience over over camera and display so you have to be here and that changed today people say okay does it at all make sense to come to your place or can't you show me everything that i need to know and 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 then I'm saving a lot of flight costs and hotel costs and everything. So, so this is the expectations there. And if you are able to, to fulfill this, I think still you are a step ahead. And uh, what we found, we, we got a a video call of one of the very, very, very big book binders from, I think it was Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the big boss was, was online, you know, and, you know, a bit nervous, which is normal if, if somebody very important is on the other side. And he finally said, okay, he has not had such a professional demonstration over TV or off screen. So, and that helped us to say, okay, we know we, we hadn't been bad, yeah. but he obviously did not see anything better so so that was something we say okay if if it helps with him yeah. being critical being the big boss i'm not like I'm- i don't like to spend money so yeah. so he was not prepared to just say i'm very happy that we do this now yeah yeah, yeah. and finally ending up with saying yes okay that was very professional yeah. that helped us and and made us yeah, really convinced that this is a, the right way yeah, this for is the future out. also, yeah. even without Corona. And and you know what happens now, and this is even more important. We have been to Drupal since 1967 as a company. Mm-hmm. 1967, every four or five years, there was Drupal. Mm-hmm. So it was suspended for, for uh, Corona, first time, in 60 years, well, nearly 70 years. Uh, now, we start to restart to I think that will be a real big problem because over the years, we we attended ex- uh, the stand space we had every year because we needed to, we had more machines, we wanted to show everything. So finally we ended up with 200 square meters of stand space okay, in Dupa. That's impressive. And, and for a small company like us and the price which is involved with yeah. all of this with 13 or 14 employees being there yeah. for three weeks into sort of, even though it's Germany but it's the it's, same
0: hotel price.
2: Yeah, and yeah. still and, the other side of the country. And, mm, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and, it, and it, it was a hell of a lot of costs involved. And compared to 1982, my first very active trooper to the last one, 19, uh, 2016, which we were mm-hmm. active in it. The last one, we booked orders for one month of production mm-hmm. and 1982 was a much smaller production, but we sold one year of production. Yeah. And then you must see, okay, is this still the right format to approach customers? You yeah. must. Definitely ask for costs yeah. compared to what comes out of it, and do I really reach customers that do not know me and that are coming to this exhibition, yeah, with a bookbinding experience or being just a printer looking around and saying, "Okay, bookbinding is not my job." Yeah. So you know this happens on Dupa quite often because it is such a wide exhibition from from, uh, layouting till finishing. And we are with book finishing a very, very, very small part of the Drupal experience for, yeah, maybe 5% of the audience, if not less. Mm -hmm. So for us deaf end up with having still a representation at Mm Drupal, but much smaller compared to the other, uh, years we have been there, we will reduce by at least fifty percent,
0: mm-hmm. and we
2: will show just the very new developments and not the whole range of machines, because maybe adding some zoom calls on demand. This show. is what we want to do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we will have all the machines here, yeah. and if a customer comes maybe from South America and and he says, "Okay, but I just came to see that machine," we we will be able to show it to him. And we are prepared to pay him a train ticket. The train takes four hours from mm-hmm. Dusseldorf to Hamburg mm-hmm. and do the whole thing for him if he invests one of the days okay. he is at exhibition. So finally, he will see the machine in action if he likes either via Zoom, which would be the easy way. Mm-hmm. We will have voice all the time here being just prepared to do a demo then When a customer at the exhibition says okay i want to see that and this is what we couldn't do at at all because we will never have everything there it's it's just not impossible so but but these these join of two worlds will finally i think be the key to success this is this is what we experience
3: this is really interesting, but do you have everything working uh, where you are now? Uh, I looked at your website, and there are so many different machines, and you can on demand show let me, anything. Let me use.
0: Let me use the, the the other camera, and I will just give you a short look. And,
3: Quite a setup.
2: So, so finally, you see all the machines that we offer here on display in working condition. So we get uh, quite often we get samples from customers who say, "Okay, I want to make this product. I don't want you necessarily watch you doing it, but I want your confirmation that my product works on your machines." And so we decided uh, 2011 already to have this setup, which is, I think it is about three times the size of a Drupal stand would be, uh, but with all the machines we produce for hardcover book binding, and we can show each step of the operation here. So either binding of the book block or case making or embossing or the newest thing that, that Constantine will just demonstrate or not demonstrate, but show the product. It's printing of, of.
1: I can. I didn't plan to. It was here from yesterday because we had a demo. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. But, but anyway, but uh, I can. we should show it. Yeah, yes. we, we can show it uh, because we have this full second camera. And let's see if uh, it works now because I set it up before. Yeah, so. so very interesting uh, digital printed edge. This is the new new big thing on the market and we are uh, lucky enough to have a machine and I think this is a really cool example because it's like the book cover extends over uh, the edge of the book and um, yeah it's just uh, a new thing we offer and uh, we also have a machine here and to answer your question
0: and uh, do, do we, we sell you... this machine or it's it's only for, for the no no, no no we sell it we, okay.
1: we only sell it we don't um, So it's just a sample. It's just a sample. We don't uh, usually uh, produce anything here uh, and sell it. It's only like we produce samples and we all want the customer to buy the machine and do the production themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the hard part, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, all the machines work. Some of them work with glue. So uh, it's like a little bit, um, like you take a little bit of time to uh, heat up. For example, if you have a a hot glue, gluing machine, but all of them work. And if we have our technician here, Albert, um, he's also from Russia actually. Uh, okay. so uh, and he uh, is proficient in all the machines. and um, um, if I had to do it, I could maybe, let's say operate like a third of the machines um, and not so good, uh, and he really knows how to do it. So uh, yeah, but he's uh, I think in Poland right now., yeah. I don't know, yeah, um, on a, on a service uh, trip. But um, yeah, they all work, and uh, I think that's that's uh, also good because usually, like when you talk to somebody um, via Zoom as well, uh, it's like, oh, and do you ask solution for this, even though they didn't think about it before? You talk about a topic, and you're like, yeah, yeah, we we have a small device or a machine or something, and we can show it to you um, immediately, or after like five minutes when Albert has uh, finished setting it up. So. Um, So that's definitely um, a game changer, Um, even though, I mean, we are like, as as my father said, we have like 40 employees and 15 people working in the machine side of the business, Mm -hmm. focusing on that Um, uh, production and engineering and all of that. Uh, So like fairly small company. And if you look at this, it's like uh, definitely overkill uh, for our company size, uh, I would say. Um, it was definitely not an economical uh, investment back in the day. I think in 2011, um, if you had calculated how much does this cost? How much is all the setup here um, in capital that is uh, basically invested in? Anything for you, let's, uh, if you want to say it like this? And how many machines are you going to sell because you have this versus if you didn't have it? Definitely not a, a good decision. Yeah. But now that you, you have the, show,
0: it? the showroom yeah the showroom yeah, yeah. and now that we
1: have it it's it's a game changer especially uh during the times where we couldn't exhibit that yeah. uh, ex- ex- exhibitions uh, which was the big sales channel in the past for machines um now that we uh, basically um don't have or didn't have any exhibitions for a really long time um this has helped us for sure and would have been difficult to set up if we didn't have it so uh you Definitely could, a great decision in hindsight, but
0: uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, but you could see this, or you can't see it. Uh, even our competitors, especially from it, from Italy, mm-hmm. do demos, and they do the demo in their production. So you can do this; this is fine. But there's always a customer experience behind this, yeah. And and the customers know from from what they see here that we are really prepared to work on the machine and not taking one machine, which is being produced or has been produced yesterday, and now we do some demos and, and maybe it's just testing, and then the machine goes out and, and what they never have at these places is what comes up to their mind, what kind of glue are you using? And Mm -hmm. what is the advantage of that glue against the other glue? Or, or what is the best paper? Or what is the board? The, the 100 percent machine manufacturers say okay you have to ask your supplier i can confirm that this machine will do everything so and the customer says from my experience no machine does work with everything so (laughs) and this is true this is true our machines work with maybe 90 percent of the materials but not with everything this is this is just possible with the machine and and so that made a big difference. And finally, because the place we are in here is beside our our wholesale place. And in 2010, because it was a book bindery in this, mm-hmm. an industrial book bindery was in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's just the n- next door from where we have been. So it's just a like coincidence. Yes. They wanted to say they closed the bindery and they wanted to sell the building. And they offered the building to us. Uh, Um, And it was very expensive. Maybe today it would be three times as expensive. (laughs) But for us, it was very expensive those days, uh, 12 years ago. But we did it. And we invested a hell of a lot of money. But we didn't know Corona was coming. And then it came. And Drupal was just canceled. And we were just... by a camera, a better camera. Better micros and and all yeah. this, but yeah. but this was a, just a very very small add on to what we had already. So and it helped us and it and it made a, a 2021 year worth with machine sales which which went through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the result, and this is just a decision we made in 2010. Yeah. And it helped us in 2020, 21, 22 so much. And it changed Schmidt to be more digital, to be able to present what we have and what we do to an audience Yeah, in Australia or New Zealand. In, in fact, a little, little uh, thing, a little story about this. When we started, when Constantine started with this, we had three different australian
0: customers
2: were the first three zoom meetings in september two years ago 2020 yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and all these three customers finally after two hours watching the machines bought bought machines and that was really and you know we didn't have all these cameras not so much as was more a handy thing like that but it really said for us that was a changer yeah, it was just saying, okay, this is the future. You know, you need this kind of success once to be able to say, okay, that's it. And we have to do it. And we didn't need to build something basically,
0: yeah, because we had it all. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the great thing. That's, yeah. that's a good coincidence. Uh, and yeah, it yeah. was, and luck. And luck, I, yeah. I've just read, sometimes you need that as well. <laughs> you
2: know, if, if people running a company need knowledge. They need to hard work, but what they always need is luck. And you will not be successful if you don't have at least a little bit of luck.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's true. So uh, I guess this uh, ends our first part. And uh, um, we'll definitely post links down below in the description of the video to social accounts. Uh, also, there will be links to uh uh sites and social projects and please subscribe and uh uh, follow us everywhere and share share the videos and also there is a link to our patreon account where we uh, collect some money from our patrons from our community members which allows us to edit these videos so yeah it's crucial crucial to us and many thanks to people who already support us